Hey, so Aaliyah, today we're talking about Rampage, that awesome movie with uh, with The Rock, and I thought maybe we could make like an awesome theme song for it, you know, because it doesn't have a theme song. Okay. All right, so I'm thinking like, Rampage. Oh, no, I'm scared. Oh, was that like in the background or are you scared? Oh, no, that was part of the song. Oh, okay, sorry. Rampage. Stop, stop, stop. What? What? Oh, that was part of the song? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I killed a guy once. Aaliyah, what are you talking about? I killed a guy once. Are you now, is this part of the song or are you telling me this? What song? Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, bad, bad. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh. This is the show where we dissect a film with a scientist and a comedian. And today, 2018, gave us Rampage, a movie based on a video game, which you didn't think would be possible if you know the video game. But let me introduce my guests. I'll ask them if they know anything about this game. I'm so excited to have them both. I can't tell you. But first of all, we have a science video producer with a PhD in genetics. It's Dr. Alex Danis. Hello. I am so excited to talk about this film. I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, we share a similar passion, it seems, for making science fun, but you are way more appropriate as a deliverer of science messaging. I am just a schmuck who loves movies, but I'm delighted to have you on. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry we're talking about Rampage, but I hope you enjoyed the movie. I hope you had fun. I don't know if you had seen it before. So I hadn't seen it, and I was actually super excited to watch it because all I knew going in was something, they used CRISPR and suddenly they had a giant gorilla. And I was like, well, that is not right, but I am here for this ride. So I thoroughly enjoyed watching this roller coaster of a movie. Okay, awesome. Well, I have another guest who's also phenomenal. I hope that she enjoyed it too. We're going to find out together. She is an actress, a writer, and a comedian, and a co-host of the podcast. So yesterday, it's Cecily Bro. Hello, hello. I'm not a doctor, but I did go to acting school. So Look out. same thing. You know, yeah. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Doctor of the arts of my movement. That's um, correct. <laughs> um, wonderful. Here. Yeah, wonderful to see you. Wonderful to be speaking with you. Normally, I would see you every now and then in Los Angeles at a live show. But yeah. because of some sort of weird circumstances in the yeah. world, we haven't seen each other in a little while now. It's, it's been a it's been a moment. Um, don't know mm -hmm. why. Uh, March is with me. And then, oh, wait, we're almost in October. You know, um, yeah, what's happened in between? No one can tell. Uh, there's no way to know, unfortunately. And there's no way to know. And I have to say, I really love this gorgeous office that you're in. Um, <laughs> listeners, I don't think you can see, but it's like a gorgeous wooden office with books no, and, no one... and a cacti <laughs> portrait. It's gorgeous, Ethan. Unfortunately, no one can see it, but this will strike a chord with you because I am in your hometown. Ethan. I am in Aaliyah's family's office. It looks like I'm in some sort of like Sherlock Holmes uh, library right now. Yes. I was like, I think Ethan's doing just fine during all of this. Look at this. He's got a mahogany office. I know. I'm just studying I all day. Ethan, I have so many questions about, first of all, being in my hometown. Um, I'm loving it. If you've walked through the elementary school playground that Ali and I met at. Um, just imagine the, uh, that for a the, second. The home of the Buckaloo Bears. Oh uh, my god! I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my god, Buckaloo, <laughs> shout out. Oh god, bring me back, you know? Yeah, this is going to be a very uh, Woodlands, Texas uh, <laughs> niche podcast. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, yeah, no, I'm loving my time here in Texas. I am coming back to LA. No one panic. Um, and actually, speaking of LA, I was watching some of our professor's videos here today before the pod, and you just had one recently about something I was fortunately able to miss in LA, which was these like orange skylines. Yeah. And so can you give people a little heads up? Because I'm sure some people are just walking outside going, this is the end of the world. Yes. Yeah. Please help us. Help us. No, it totally does look like the end of the world. I mean, the wildfires around here have been crazy and continue to be crazy. 
but they're orange because of the way that like the smoke particles scatter light. And so if you think about like a mm. sunset, right? So the sun is sort of coming at you from a different angle. The light is being scattered by the atmosphere generally. So it's like very orange and red and pretty, but we're basically just getting that effect all day. Uh, thankfully not today, but in recent days, just because there's so much stuff in the sky mm. and in the atmosphere that it's just scattering light rays everywhere. Um, and so it scatters away those blue rays and then the red is sort of what comes through. So, yeah, I mean, had you shown yeah. me a picture in March of all of us like walking around wearing masks and like in an orange sky, I would think that we were in a movie with The Rock. Like I yeah. would right. believe that that is where we were. Uh, but no, we're just in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> just a normal year. Yeah. It's like so comforted by your knowledge. I just I, have to say, it's like a warm bath. <laughs> like I'm like, I, yes, light being reflected. Okay. Yes. yes. And we're here so and we're fine. It. Yes. Oh. And it has nothing to do with the hoax of climate change, right? It's just oh. about these fires. KKKK. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Do we, do we need to put like a slash sarcasm there just to be very clear that like, uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it really, if you're joining really us does. for the first time, yeah, we are anti-climate change deniers yeah. on this program. <laughs> yeah. um, we think it's very real and alarming. But yeah, obviously, I guess my point is that because of climate change, these fires are going to get worse. Yes. And it's easier for them to spark up stuff like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hotter, it's drier, stuff is just tinder out there ready to go. Um, mm -hmm. And th there are some interesting parts of it. So, you know, I got to spend a day with the park rangers in the Santa, Mar Santa Monica uh, sort of national park area talking about how, you know, after these fires come through, there are all these fire followers, these flowers that sort of spring up after the fire that germinate oh. due to the heat and they take up all these areas uh, that have sort of been burned down. They come in and they fill in. But then it's kind of scary on the other hand, because it's like, oh, most of those are actually invasive species or many of them are. So as the fire burns through, we're just filling in with something that shouldn't be there. So wow, some Jeez. amount of fire is okay, but we are experiencing a level we should not be at the moment. Right. Yeah. Now I have a question because I feel like a fool for not, I'm like, how does the fire keep on happening? I feel like we've been trying to put it out. How do we not, how can we not control it? Like when does it become uncontrollable? And do we know how long it'll be uncontrollable? <sighs> that I don't like, know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I was like, oh, we just keep on, we just keep on putting water or squashing it. You know, I know how to put out a fire. And um, I'm like, how does it be, how does it reach that limit? And like, are we safe to, I don't know, go to Trader Joe's like I've been going to and being like pumpkin spice bread. Yeah. Why am I, you know, how are duality, how are both existing right now, you know? Yeah, it's a it's a weird time. I mean, we we have great firefighting techniques. Like the thing that I think is so cool to watch is when those big firefighting planes come through and they drop this like cloud of red dust behind them that it turns out again, not a chemist. So I don't know all the specifics here, but it's basically like a kind of fertilizer, but it like holds on to water. So it like makes everything it touches more wet. And so it's harder to like burn through it, but it sticks to it. So it's better than just dumping water because it like sticks to this stuff rather than just evaporating away. Wow. Again, not a chemist, don't know all the science behind that, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, we have these great firefighting techniques, but they're just spreading so fast. Like they're just, mm -hmm. I think they're just outrunning us. Man, are we so primitive still in certain ways, you know? I know. Whatever, I'm not gonna go on a tangent about trying to stop climate change and why that's so stupid that we're not doing and backing out of those summits. But we're not here to talk about fire, guys. We're here no. to talk about something even more lit, if you will. Wow. Okay, yes. which is Rampage. Holy yes. shit. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Oh my so God. I have various, I first of all, I enjoyed the movie. Let me just go ahead and put really? a seal of approval and say that I had a great time watching mm -hmm. this movie. I didn't know crap going into this movie Wait, no crap but anyways i had played the game so i was expecting a huge monsters um to wreck cities which i got so you got that. as far as that goes check it's a good time have a good time with this movie mm -hmm. um but before i get into my issues with it i want to know your guys's takes okay so alex when did you first see this movie what are your thoughts on it hit me with your Rampage review. Yeah, so I first saw this movie last week. It had been on my two watch list for a while because I knew it had CRISPR in it. And like, mm -hmm. I love CRISPR. I'm here for genetics being in mainstream media. Mm -hmm. I totally, again, 
thought it was like a real fun ride. Like who doesn't love the rock coming in and saving the day? Like very comforting, yep. very wonderful. Um, I will say that within the first two minutes when there was a giant human sized rat floating around in space, I was like, well, we have some scientific issues here. Like we're not, <laughs> CRISPR is a great tool, does a lot of wonderful stuff. Uh, yep. Giant anti-gravity rats, like not really on our list of things that are like high priority usage for CRISPR at the moment. Yeah. But fun, fun, overall fun. Great. I have three pages of notes on the bad oh. science and like Excellent. all the ways that the science was bad. Um, Why did I do any work then? Oh, this yeah. Your, I, I don't have to do anything today. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I got I got thoughts on the science, but I don't know if we want to just sort of overall, Cecily. How did you, how yeah, did yeah. you feel? Um, well, I'll tell you one thing. I was still hoping that the woman in space survived the whole movie. I was like, she, I'm sure she made it <laughs> the whole time. I was like, I'm sure she's somewhere. She's somewhere out there. Um, Such a funny whole... concern to have consistently throughout this movie. It's worrying that about the lady first, who died at the beginning. Concern. <laughs> first concern. I was like, where is she? Is she okay? Um, I also was wondering a lot of things like, you know, yeah, George got bigger, but like, where are his spikes? Where is his, yes. where are his, where are his, thank wings? you. Where yeah. are his, pups? Yeah. you know, we got Lizzie the lizard, we got Ralph yeah. the wolf. I had to look up these names because I do not recall them being mentioned at any time. George though, I believe George was said 10 to, I don't know, 10,000 times. Yep. Yes. So got George loud and clear. I honestly, I remember seeing the preview for this and being like, man, I just want to see a lizard go through a building like a little snake and go up. And in that way, I got exactly what I wanted. Got what you, you know? wanted. They delivered. But, you know, I had a lot of questions like, where did some people go? We had a beginning cast that I was like, okay, so this is our crew. This is our crew. <laughs> this is a, they are gone. Yes. You know, they are gone. We lose So them. true. And, wow. Um, yeah. I just had some questions. You know, where are the friends? Yeah. Uh, where is girl with pink hair? Yes. Where is guy who scared? Yeah. Um, had a lot of questions about the characters, a lot of writers uh, moments, but mostly just had a great time watching buildings come on down and, and big old animals fight and, and him bravely walking with them. I was yes. like, I would just be every orifice, be barfing. I'd be pooping. I'd be very scared. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. not. And like you said, I was very comforted by the rock. I was like, we're fine. Yeah. It's all going to work out. I will say touching on that. I mean, first of all, I'm totally with you. I had a great time and I almost equally had film writer questions and science mm -hmm. questions like throughout the whole movie. I was just like writing, writing, writing. But mm -hmm. on that last note, I was just I didn't write this down, but I was thinking about it while you were talking like he's running around at the end with these huge monsters yeah. and he never gets hit by them. And no. I think that's an achievement in and of itself. That's like incredible. He's like Barry Sanders level running back. Just in that he way. He is Bernie Sanders. And that's all I need. End of <laughs> that's podcast. That's all I need. Yep. End of podcast. <laughs> the Rock is Bernie Sanders in jo Rampage. Yes. The Rock <laughs> and George 2020. Like, I think the that The Rock and George 2020. They're the yeah. pair that uh, we need. I'm, I am not for George. I got to say, I was... <laughs> okay, can we talk? I'm, so I'm sorry. I know he's supposed to be, like, super fun. And we're like, ah, oh, he's talking with The Rock. And I thought he was rude yep. and honestly kind of a dick i was honestly on his side the entire film up until the end where oh, yeah. this huge gorilla makes a sex innuendo like the classic was, finger yeah. in the hole move i Not mean cool now, granted i had already made the joke with the person i was watching it with. I was oh. like oh he's gonna and then i was like okay and to see my actions mirrored in a giant gorilla i don't know I had to yeah. ask some questions for myself i will say while I do think that George's personality was not a prime, wonderful gorilla personality, I do think they did a pretty good job of the fact that he could communicate with sign language. Like that is yes. a thing that we that know awesome. primates can do. Like Coco the gorilla knew mm -hmm. over a thousand signs, like could carry on perhaps not quite as innuendo filled conversations, but like could have conversations. Yeah, we know gorillas like it have their own sort of gestural communication. So I'm going to tear down a lot of the science that they do in this film. But I will say I give them props for having a gorilla that could communicate. Yeah. And they make a point at one point in time that he's the only known albino gorilla of his species. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that there was one uh, albino western lowland gorilla named Snowflake. That wow. you know was alive for like sixty years or something. So oh. also 
I give Pretty them cool. props. That yeah, that's a thing. Okay. And didn't have I'll to do him. that because in the in the game, no. it's a regular gorilla looking King Kong guy. I applauded the rocks work on his sign language. I was like thinking mm-hmm. about him talking to the gorilla like he's probably just talking to like, you know, a ball and then they yep. animate him. Um, and I just was like, once again, I'm impressed. I you mean, know? color me impressed. There's always more room to be impressed by the rock. Am I right? <laughs> Jesus. Always. Totally. Um, Okay. So about the movie also, did you guys feel like the movie sort of got funny halfway through the movie? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we started with a lot of death. I mean, and again, the hope that the woman is still alive in the, in the tube. Yeah. Um, I was wondering why are they in space? Why did they even have to be there? Did they have to go somewhere to go get? They tried to explain it. There was a line that the bad evil guy from Energine or whatever the fuck. Yes, Energine. I don't freaking know what it was called. Energetis. Oh, it is Energine. Okay, great. So he, who is like just such a typical like douche in this movie, basically he said like, it's safer to do this in space. And I was like, safer in space that's wacko yeah i don't believe that i really was like i think i missed something right up top for why we're in space i really was like why did they to, i just didn't understand i mean i i feel like they would have been safer on planet earth for sure Agreed. for sure i mean we saw how that all played out yeah in Agreed. Space. and like here's the thing we do a lot of cool biology research in space there is a lot of cool bio research that happens up in the international space station right? Like trying to grow 3D cultures of cells because you don't have the confines of gravity and trying to figure out what happens to our body. But if you're going to work with, and they don't say exactly how they've packaged up their CRISPR, but if you're working with something that I'm going to say most likely based on how it works is like a viral vector. I'm going to say they probably packaged their CRISPR into some kind of virus based on how it's spreading. Uh, that's going to be a lot easier to do down on Earth, right? Like, we want BSL-3 containment. We want, like, full face bunny suits. We want hoods. We want all kinds of stuff that Mm -hmm. that astronaut was not wearing in space. Also, when she gets into the, like, capsule to, like, fly away, I was expecting her to put on some kind of, like, reentry suit, some sort of, like, safety gear. No, she's just in a t-shirt and just, like, hopping into the capsule. Chilling. Like, not... Honestly, yeah. like in the words of Jessica Simpson, like nothing but a t-shirt on. Like I've never <laughs> felt more beautiful baby than I do now. And you know, we did see her perish, um, which I'm now coming to terms with. Um, You're now realizing that she didn't make I'm it. I'm now realizing she didn't, she didn't make it. Um, now I have a question. I didn't do any research on this whatsoever because I wanted Perfect. to hear the full explanation. CRISPR. Yes. Not a microwave and not made up like I thought it was for the movie. Oh, no. What, what, is, what is it? Yeah, so CRISPR is a tool that we use in the lab to edit DNA. And so kind of crazy enough, the very first frame of this movie says like, we found this in 1993 and in 2016, it was listed as a bioweapon. Both of which turn out to be true. Um, I actually didn't know that someone had once tried to classify it as a bioweapon and that's a whole nother thing. But we found that bacteria have a certain kind of immune system that can chop up invading viral RNA. And so we have taken that and we have made it into a tool where we can target specific places in a genome and either cut a gene or try and add in a gene so that we can modify pretty much anything at this point. We we still have some organisms we're working on, but we're able to modify DNA in human cells and animal cells and plant cells. Insects like CRISPR is this amazing tool that we have to make changes in DNA and study what happens. It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but CRISPR is one of the greatest scientific discoveries slash inventions of all time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has, because it's easy to use. It's pretty accessible. It's not that expensive. Like it has You can just download the app, right? Right from the app store. Yeah, basically. And like, it's changed how we do biology research across the board. Um, and also is starting to be in clinical trials uh, for some potential diseases. Like it is possible that in the not so distant future, we're going to be using CRISPR to try and cure diseases in people and try and improve their lives. So currently mostly a research-based thing, but we're not too far from medical applications as well. Wow. So if you had like in your DNA, something genetic, like you're like, oh, in my family, we have heart disease or whatever. So then you would be able to pinpoint where that is and like remove that potentially? That is the hope, yeah. That if it's like a small change that we could make. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's, will my insurance cover that? Will Medi-Cal for all cover that? Oh, that is a great question. No chance. Yeah. <laughs> no chance. Zero chance of that for sure. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So excited. You just need a little crispy. Great. So yeah, I was I was wondering about this because it seems like such a revolutionary process, a revolutionary discovery. And yet I did look up what that first scene was saying that in 2016, I think it was like the director of the FBI or somebody super high up listed yeah. it as a weapon of mass destruction along with North Korean nukes, uh, Russian cruise missiles, and then it was CRISPR. And yeah. so I was like, what in the hell does that mean? And so my question there is like, why would it be listed there? Because I assume it's not for rampage reasons, but maybe it is. No. Um, <laughs> and then secondly, is that hurting our chances of, you know, approving uh, these types of processing um, developments from occurring faster? You know, like, could we be solving diseases, curing diseases quicker if the government wasn't saying this is really deadly? Yeah. Mm. So the first question, like, could it be this kind of big weapon? Potentially. The argument I think that was made was that, like, maybe someone could make a certain type of, uh, like, agricultural plague, right? Like some sort of bacteria that's going to come in and like wipe out, you know, American corn production or something like maybe it could corn. do that. Maybe Not someone, corn. yeah, Not right? my corn. I know, like, what are we going to do without our <laughs> corn? Um, so like, maybe someone could develop some sort of like crop plague, or potentially maybe someone could engineer a virus that could sweep across the world and like, send all of us yeah. inside for nine months. Um, we, did, we did that on our own. Yeah. So is that like a theoretical potential? Yes. Like theoretically, okay. we could engineer something scary with CRISPR. But I think that we are, it would be very hard to do that. Um, yeah. Just because like, imagining trying to engineer something that's going to like take out a whole crop, like isn't without uh historical background like there are plenty of things like one of the reasons why you know bananas are considered like kind of endangered is because there was once like a banana plague that wiped out most of the bananas and now we're left with just like the cavendish banana so we all what? we all eat the same oh yeah so bananas are kind of in peril so way back are you in the kidding? day i love bananas i, I have one today right and so we back in the day had like one specific kind of banana and i can't remember the exact name of that banana but it suffered from like a banana virus and most of the crops that we got bananas from were taken out. And so now we have a different monoculture banana called the Cavendish banana. And this is the banana that we all see in stores today. And it's not the most tasty version of the banana. It's not the most exciting what? version of the banana. There's a tastier version of a banana. There are so many tastier oh. versions of bananas, but we in like Western society only eat the like not tasty, but pretty disease resistant banana. But if something wiped out that strain of banana, like we're down bananas. Alex, you are blowing my entire freaking mind. And we're just in the beginning of this movie. And now I'm looking at all my bananas and I'm questioning. I know. I mean, yeah, I'm like simultaneously grateful for the bananas that we do have and pissed off that I don't get better tasting bananas. You're telling yeah. me we have the worst of the tasting bananas? I don't know. I have not tasted every banana. I can't tell you that it is the worst banana, but I'm going to say it's not the best banana. Oh. And it's like a pretty bland oh. banana. Like there are plenty of other places in the world that grow and cultivate other types of bananas, but it's just like not what we as Western consumers see as the beautiful banana. Um, and so we're, wow. we're stuck with a pretty bland banana. That is because it's only one type, like very susceptible to if there's a new banana disease that comes in, could wipe out all the bananas. Hey. Jesus Christ. I was yeah. having a good week. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry to break it to you. No. But like bananas. Thank are you for peril. telling us. And, and also, you know. yeah, thank you for your service. And... So here's the Ooh. deal. If we could CRISPR, if we could use CRISPR to design like a bad banana plague, that'd be real bad. Like that yes. would be not good. I don't foresee that like in the scale of awful that is like nuclear bombs and like losing the banana though, like that seems right. I'd rather sure. lose the banana. Sure. So I yeah, think I mean, this is a little yeah. overblown potentially. And also, sorry, isn't there strict regulation on all this stuff? Like even yes. if you're making something that's benefiting mankind, it seems like there's years of very strict micromanaging going on in the science field. So how would you get away with like developing something with CRISPR that's so evil? 
Like yeah, that seems it, like it would never happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the thing is that your second, the second part of your question was like, because we've labeled it as this, is it harder to get through? And no, because as someone who's used CRISPR, I never even heard of this. Like, this is not a thing mm. that we think about that, like, it's on this list. Okay. But there are, as you said, very good regulations about especially things that we bring outside of the lab and into the general world, right? So hmm. one of the stories um, that's been in the news recently is that we're using uh, some different types of genetically modified mosquitoes um, that we're right. releasing. So sterile male mosquitoes, they go out, they breed with female mosquitoes, and then those mosquitoes don't have babies sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. But there are tight, tight regulations around where we release them and how we release them and how we get sort of buy-in from the community to do this. And so there are multiple rounds of regulation before we take anything from the lab and bring it out into the world, be that something medical or non-medical. Like there are a lot of safeguards there. That's for malaria, right? That they're doing that? Has that been effective to your knowledge? Yeah. So the uh, preliminary trials do seem positive, but I don't think we have enough data yet to say that like this is going to wipe out malaria everywhere. But there have been some encouraging trials moving forwards of like, hey, we could use these types of mosquitoes to try and lower populations. So still, still early days, but I think there is some potential there. Oh, wow. Because like, is the potential then that like mosquitoes get eradicated if everyone's sterile? Do you have strict regulations to make sure that there's still mosquitoes who can still produce? Yeah, it's all a balance. It is. I'm hearing it. I'm understanding it now. You know CRISPR. (laughs) No CRISPR, not a microwave, everyone. (laughs) Oh my God. Honestly, the microwave is like uh, anti-CRISPR. It makes things soggy. Yeah. Mm. So I should probably stop using a microwave, right? Microwaves are fine. Just make sure the door is closed. You'll be fine. Yeah. Cool. That makes wow. Sense. I usually hang out with it open because I mean, who doesn't want to be close to the action? But uh, good to know. Good yeah. to know. Some action, that. it's good to be close to. Microwave action, <laughs> keep your distance, nah. close the damn door. That's what science tells us. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. I also, again, so many questions about the movie, so many different, but we're on the CRISPR train right now, so I want to honk yeah. the horn, if you will. Beep, beep. Okay, mm. um, blindness. I was reading that there are potentially ways to help cure blindness with CRISPR. Is that accurate? Yeah, so there are certain forms. Uh, that's one of the clinical trials that's made sort of the greatest gains so far, that there are certain forms of genetically caused blindness where if you could go in and you could uh, make a modification to that gene, you might be able to recover some sight. And the so that's one way that CRISPR could work. And the other nice thing, and this is something too that I think the movie uh, really glossed over, is that for CRISPR to work, you have to actually get it to your DNA in your cell. So mm-hmm. the eye is actually kind of an easy route to do that. If you're trying to uh-huh. get CRISPR to your retina, I mean, it's just sort of jelly in there. So you can inject it into your eye and like get it to your retina. (laughs) Some of the most complex jelly on the planet. Yes, fair. (laughs) But like, "Eh, it's just kind of some jelly you're trying to get some genetic material through. Um, Versus if say you're trying to get something to the brain, right? Like a lot harder to get something to every cell of the brain than it is mm. to get something to every cell of the retina. So I think that that's mm. a great for, you know, one of these first forays of trying to use CRISPR medically is trying to get it to an easy target. And the eye actually ends up being a pretty easy target. Wow. The little jello bowls in our in our sockets. Yeah, um, I So we can remove things like, you know, all these potential for diseases and stuff, but adding things like, again, like, like a tusk. Like, and a spike yeah. that can just like eject out of your back whenever you want. What a reveal that was, by the way. I did gasp when that happened. I was like, yeah. the wolf oh, has spikes. That was a nice and reveal. And the wolf could fly. Mm-hmm. Okay, that wolf had like everything. I was like, so George can't fly. He's just like a big boy. Like, what? Anyway, yeah. um, so you can add things as well. So, and this is where the movie really starts to veer away <laughs> from reality. So, at its most fundamental, we can. So we can, in fact, add a new piece of DNA into a genome using CRISPR. And so the way that we do this is we make a break in the DNA uh, of whatever we're trying to change. And then we add in the piece we want to add in. And we add little wings to the ends of it that look like the piece that you just cut. And so your DNA is trying to repair itself because you just broke it. 
and you've given it something to repair itself with. So sometimes oh. it will take that new piece you've uh, just added to it and use that to repair itself. So you can add in new genes uh, to something with CRISPR. That is true. Wow. However, the uh, <laughs> multitude of things that they were adding in is yeah. unrealistic. So trying to add a horn to something, I mean, first of all, a horn. Let's say well, the the thing that comes up a lot is people are like, "What if we could make a unicorn?" Right? Like, could sure. you just add natural question? The horn. Number one, number one thing. We're like, God, I need a unicorn. Exactly. <laughs> Please. The real reason why CRISPR was blindness, oh. malaria. Okay, whatever. How do I get a horn <laughs> on a horse? Unicorn. <laughs> Give me a horn. Yes. But the the problem is that like it's not usually just one gene that will create a horn. To get any of these structures, to get the spikes on the back, to get the wings on the wolf, all of these things are typically not controlled by just one gene. They're controlled by a lot of genes. And so that's where, when we start thinking about these sort of monster movies where they use CRISPR to make all of these different changes all at once, it really isn't realistic because you would have to add in so many different genes to every single cell in the body that is just not gonna happen. A, because every time you want to CRISPR something, you have to actually put CRISPR in and you have to put in this little guide that tells it where you want it to cut and you have to put in the DNA that you're trying to add in. So mm -hmm. that starts to add up. Like it physically starts to take up space in like the nucleic acids you're trying to add in. And right. so I'm going to assume that what they were using was a viral vector. That seems like the most likely way that they, because it like sprays on them or they eat it and it gets to all these cells. What you do is you take a virus that isn't going to hurt you. It's just going to infect you. And you put what you want to deliver inside of it. And then you give that virus to an organism. Now, even just getting that virus to every cell in your body is very hard. But we're going to pretend that they were able to do that. This scientist at one point, uh, I even wrote down the quote because I was like, oh, you did that. She said, CRISPR only allows you to alter the DNA of one cell at a time. I developed a system which rapidly transmits changes to every strand of DNA in the host's body. Doesn't explain it any further than that. She's just like, this is hard, but I was smart. Yeah. Um, just know I did it. Just know I did it. And I'm relatable because I was in bed when my mom called me and I was just like, mom, Oh, which one of these like, coffee yeah, of cups has coffee in it? Yeah. So Genius. Um, so she says she did it. I'm going to say she has some amazing viral vector that will somehow get to and infect every cell in the body. But most of these can only hold about one gene's worth of all that stuff at a time. Hmm. So they're having us hopefully, potentially believe that we're injecting in or breathing in these viruses for like 200 different genes all at once into this monkey or into this gorilla. Thank you. And having it get to every single cell of his body and add all of these different genes all at once that all happen to be perfectly inserted. Mm. That's that's not happening because there's yeah. there are almost no traits. Let me take that back. There are very few traits that are just controlled by one gene, right? If we think about our hair color, our height, our eye color, it's very rarely just one gene. It's usually mm. hundreds of genes that all contribute to this. So just the yeah. idea that you're making hundreds or thousands of changes in every cell of this gorilla all at once not gonna happen not gonna happen i mean dare i say wouldn't that put him at capacity and wouldn't that like he'd be like out like a light right like oh yeah I mean, that, I mean he's not just like running around killing grizzly bears like he's no. recouping oh or has left this earth so that's another thing that they they mentioned at one point that they were like he's real hungry and like yeah, if we <laughs> doubled in size overnight, which there is not, I, I tried to look up, like, is there an organism that can double in size? And like, all right, maybe if you got like a single celled something, but like nothing grows at that speed. And I think they try and say like the growth rate of a blue whale. And even that is not that fast. But even if you could, he would have to have eaten so much food. And yeah. like, yeah. they're not feeding him. He didn't even eat that bear that he killed. He just killed no, it because he, he was scared. Yeah. Like, had he eaten that bear? All right, maybe you could get a little bit of energy from that. But like, the idea that you were going to double in size overnight without eating anything, like, no, no. Yeah, you gotta eat. That's How many mornings have I woken up and been like, oh my God, if yeah. I don't eat, you know. I'm getting tiny. <laughs> I'm getting tiny. <laughs> um, okay, first off, I wanted to say that you use CRISPR as a verb, which I love.
loved is can we do that can i say i'm gonna crisper myself yes so that's actually a really great point because technically the word crispr refers to that initial immune system in bacteria that we found mm. it is the worst acronym it stands for clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats which like is just not useful to they anybody just needed a no. needed an excuse to say crispr it sounds like yes yes crispr so yeah, someone's really got, pushing that yeah they started the with crispr <laughs> yeah. so yeah. the word crispr <laughs> technically refers to that and so if you want to be more correct you could say like it's a crispr cast system that we use to do the cutting mm -hmm. but if you are in any genetics lab, any biology lab, we just use CRISPR as a verb and say, I CRISPRed it, or I'm going to CRISPR it. Oh, like, I love you that. just use it as a verb. And now I will be for yes. the rest of my damn life. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cecily, we got to come up with an, with a reason to go to different genetics labs just so we can yes. spread the lingo a little bit. Oh, I CRISPRed yeah. it. You know Are you going to CRISPR mean? that yeah. frog later? Going to CRISPR it? Yep. <laughs> what about this banana? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm thrilled about this. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask if you are Canadian. Alex? I am not, but I get that question once a week, and that is okay. this that. week's question. <laughs> nope, I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, Don't okay. know where this came from, but hey. Yeah. I, th I, th I wasn't sure, but I thought I heard uh, like an aboot somewhere in there, and I was like, oh, maybe she's Canadian. That'd be fun. I did too, but I wasn't rude. Ouch. <laughs> I was like, hey. That's my job, Cecily. I'm... It's my job as a journalist to ask the hard questions. <laughs> Gotta yeah. ask the hard questions. Okay, good. Good to know. Noted. And then, um, I, okay, so they literally say, like, part of the issue with the plot of Energine is that they sent, okay. quote, all of their research to space. Which I was like, how can you just gloss over this as not like a huge error or like that they're not filled with regret? Because like that seems like a gigantic None. mistake. No one would ever, if I'm not mistaken, send all of their research to space. No. All of it. No. And the, <laughs> okay. the funny part is too, is that because CRISPR is a DNA based like strategy and tool, they have that in a file somewhere. Like you don't need the physical CRISPR. Like you just know the sequence of A's, T's, C's, and G's of the thing that you made. Like you can make it yeah. again. Like <laughs> so that the other thing that they say is like, well, they they created this like bioacoustic signaling, which right. is its own whole thing. Oh yeah. Um, oh my god. To, yes, I cannot wait to talk about this. Oh yeah, to like get them close because they need to get them there so that they can take DNA samples and then sell them. And I'm like, but you made it. Like you made. Right. Whatever this virus pathogen that you're trying to say is, like Ugh. you, you already know what it is. Like, uh, okay. Also, their brother and sister. <laughs> I have some questions. Yeah, yeah. I had a <laughs> that was also of, weird. So weird. The every almost every scene with them was like, this is a problem for multiple reasons. <laughs> so many problems. I didn't really understand. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. The plan, if you haven't seen the movie, they accidentally have these CRISPR canisters go to different parts of North America. The Everglades, Wyoming, San Diego Zoo. <laughs> right. <laughs> they really made sure to show us those three different locations. Stretch it out. Times. Yes. And yeah. then, so certain animals like sniff it and that's enough to just become these like huge mutated things. And then the plan no. is, from what I gather, that they're going to set off this low frequency tone, which somehow is powerful enough to go throughout the continental United States. So that's already mm -hmm. like, whoa, are, how are we not going to hear it? Only hot people can hear it and monsters. <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> and then, so the plan is, because you were just saying that the animals will hear it. There's something crispered in them that is going to make them want to get to the sound and destroy it. And then they're going to collect DNA while they're there. But when that finally happens yes. towards the end, while the there. monsters come, they're just thinking about escaping. There was no, it seemed to me like this brother-sister evil duo had no plan or strategy to like then capture the animals or get their DNA. Like once they showed up, they were like, we got to get out of here. It's like, well, what about yes. the plan? What was the plan? I yeah. kept asking the same question. I was like, what was their plan? Why was all their stuff in space? Like, were they... I felt like they were just pacing around for a while. And I feel like I didn't hear a single thing they said. I feel like is there this, wasn't an energy behind it or something. I missed Is this like a plan. symbolic parallel to real life where just absolute idiot morons run billion dollar companies? Is that what they're mm -hmm. trying to prove? Yes. And then the scientists are like, we actually know exactly what's going on. And like, but you are controlled by billionaires. Yeah. I also just thought it was so funny that like this giant science corporation 
somehow had their own group of mercenaries that were going to go out and take down this wolf. Like, I've worked with a lot of scientists. Never have I been introduced to the mercenary division. Like, had I known that that was available to me this whole time, like, I really would have taken better advantage of that. But, But no. Yeah. I didn't know what they were even doing. I was like, what is the company? What is Intergyme? I don't know. Also, I love watching them get killed like so, so fast. fast. Yeah. It was awesome. Did did you guys feel like the cowboy guy was a bit much? Okay. Yes. I, again, have followed this man because there's something about him that I just have been like, I, I like what you're putting sure. out there. And Absolutely. I found this performance to be bizarre. I was like, why the cowboy? Why the line over and over again? Us assholes have to stick together. We said it once, which I thought was already a stretch. I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, okay, we'll let it pass. And then that became his thing. And he said it so many other times. I, I was like, I don't know. It was also kind of a new, there was a lot of stereotypical type characters in the movie but this is a new one the <laughs> high government cowboy character you don't yeah. you don't see very often and they kept calling him cowboy yeah They're like get out of here cowboy yeah, they were like, really drilling at home <laughs> okay also i'm sorry to jump ahead but when he predicted the death of the brother and like got the intel from the laptop and got the mutated rat and was like you just run along, oh, right. go ahead. Yeah. I was like, did he know that a giant piece of debris He's was going to fall a from psychic? the sky? Yeah, Is he I don't a psychic know. cowboy? Psychic cowboy. I just, yeah. Psychic I cowboy didn't... government guy. But the other door, the other door he left through, totally fine. Totally cool. We don't even need totally to see fine. it. We don't even need to see no. him going there because we know it's cool. Like To be casted as a guy and you just like untie your tie, like loosen your tie a little bit and everyone's like, you know what? Anything he says. I'm going to think about this for another few seconds because he said it in that he way said it. also he just looked for me it was part of the visual that he was like unkept you know he's kind of a disheveled dude government dude and then he was walking around in that control room as if it's his living room he has a gun visible like fancy gun in his in his waist <laughs> sticking out of his pants and a huge belt buckle and i just thought like don't why doesn't anyone call you out on this like you just have an yeah. obvious fancy pistol hanging out of your pants you look insane you look unwell sir and i just want to know what his thing was that he was just like let's kill these animals and that's why him and the rock were butting heads At first yeah he was like yeah. take them right. out but then he's saved by the rock and it's like never mind keep the gorilla who i will say has caused a lot of a lot of people have perished oh yeah he's film. a murderer like, oh, body yeah. count on this was huge he's a serial killer murderer for sure um, I wanted to just quickly comment. At one point, The Rock is handcuffed with a zip tie and he breaks out of this like it's absolutely nothing. So I looked it up and guess what, guys? You can do this. This is not that really? difficult to do. Oh, wait, so, should this be something we all try right now? I've, I've, in this, in these I times? mailed you guys a few days ago zip ties. So put them all on. Right. Yeah, so I don't know. If you're concerned that you might be kidnapped at some point by OGA and zip tied literally all the time then learn this technique it looks pretty simple okay not a problem at all well good to know and the rock certainly made it seem like it was just nothing just like oh my god done it a million times and his helicopter when he's on top of the building Mm -hmm. and the building okay also again i'm skipping ahead we can we can there's a lot of other things to go to but this just stuck out to me as another Mm -hmm. feat for him where he is on top of the building that is fully collapsing the, the giant monsters are coming down with it. And he has the scientists with him. And he's like, don't even worry about it. I know there's not a tail on the helicopter. But I'm just going to hover it above the building as yeah. it goes down. Now, we can all agree all kinds of things that are going to engulf you. Debris. And you're going down with the ship, sure. right? I mean, you can't just hover over Well, not to mention, he doesn't it. have control. It seems like the thing is just in oh, a tailspin yeah. without a tail. Yep. Because it, it doesn't yeah. have a tail. Yeah. I mean, I just was like, I don't think... Would we have hopped in that helicopter? Would y'all have been like, sure? I mean, I he's mean, a rock. At that point, yeah, what do you pick? You know? Yeah, like, I'll, I'll go with the rock, and I have to hope that, like, maybe the helicopter has an airbag or something, like, because we're going down sure. anyways. But, yeah, I can say uh, with zero physics knowledge, I can say pretty firmly that that wouldn't work. Like, I'm not even going to back that up. I'm just going to say that, like, that's that's just I appreciate happening. your confidence there. Also, how does he know how to, uh, you know, operate a helicopter? Because he's just hanging out in the in the San Diego Zoo. Well, but he has a history. He, he was with the Special Forces, I believe. Yeah. Oh, right. So, <laughs> I yeah. forgot his yeah. history. Yeah, come on now. Yes. The one character with, like, an 
ounce of character development. Not even two ounces, yeah. but just like a tiny bit of like one time he had a past, like oh, was, right. which is also why when he gets into the helicopter where they like steal the medevac copter and he's like, oh, oh I got to remember how to do this. And he like kind of. That was, that uh, was the moment that I wrote down. Is this movie funny? Yeah. <laughs> like now this movie's kind of funny. Oh. Yeah. Even I thought it was funny the moment we saw George flick off the camera. Yeah, that's true. As soon as that we did funny. that, I actually was like, an LOL, this is comedy part of the movie. Yeah. And we're yeah, yeah. here. No, you're right. The, the movie good. was randomly funny at parts. I can't say it just started out of nowhere because that was funny. I, and that was towards the beginning. Then I was like, okay, now yeah. I know that we're going to have some laughs with the crew. And then the crew disappears again. Mm. I just want to know what happened to them. But Yeah, they're, they're wrecked. Um, towards that same area of the film. At the end, I want to know what you guys think about this. I know it was a feature in the video game for George to pick people up and eat them. And so I know that they had it in the movie probably because it's very much featured in the game. But there's mm -hmm. a really important moment where they hide the antidote. She like shoves it into the evil lady's purse. I don't know her name. Yes. And she has this epic line where she says i'm feeding the monster to the beast i believe was the something like oh, that hell yeah punches Please. her in the face and then right on cue george picks her up and throws her into his mouth yeah. follows her like a pill honestly but if i am remembering correctly he had not eaten anyone prior to this so how would she have known that that was about to happen i don't that part was wild to me. Was that his special power? Like that were that was his spice? <laughs> you know, is that he eats humans now? That's part of his, he needs yeah. it. I mean, there was so many ways that that could have been explained. If like there was a food that he liked that they made her smell like, or they put that in her purse, but there was just- Grizzly bear. <laughs> I think that was just yeah. written to- I thought it was shocking to see a woman thrown up bag still held onto her bag by the yeah, way didn't I go anywhere that would have been gone yep. didn't go anywhere she kept it with her you know and then to see her swallowed like a pill by this gorilla i was like i felt that loss and she was evil but it still was a woman being thrown into the mouth of a gorilla yeah. which was a lot to digest no pun intended um but yeah, yeah i don't know I, I feel like we should have seen more of him eating people. Were they trying to make him some like salvageable? He's like, we should still save him. I don't know. At the end, like he has, he's eaten people. He's destroyed buildings. Like he's caused a lot and they just kind of let that slide. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. know that they've, they've given him this like miracle antidote that is not at all explained and like seems to basically just be like gorilla sized Xanax because the only yeah. thing it does is it makes him less aggressive. Like they don't oh, yeah. talk about it. Like it doesn't reverse anything else. He stays really big. He still retains everything, but like he's just himself again. Um, so yeah, yeah. Know, and uh, makes no sense, but yeah, they just, suddenly that redeems him completely. And it's like, uh, you still did a lot of, it wasn't your fault, I guess. I guess like you were programmed mm -hmm. to do sure. that. But like still, still, we need to talk about some consequences for your actions, I think. Yeah. yeah. And can you actually, I mean, I guess if you can tinker with the DNA, can you undo the work you've done once you've used CRISPR? Ooh, great question. Uh, no. I mean, wow. theoretically. What's done is done. What's done is done, baby. I should, I should be a little kinder. Theoretically, sure. You can take a gene, you can put it in, and then you can design something that would then go and try and cut that or break that out. Hmm. It would be such a pain in the butt to do. Like, because they've already, like, attached... And it's hundreds of thousands yeah, of cells. It's, like. Yeah, billions of cells. And according to them, they've made like hundreds of different changes and they've yeah. added all these things. So there's like, no like fail safe move where you can play a low frequency and then like that shuts it down or some shit. You know, I should I should say that perhaps again, if we're giving them total benefit of the doubt here, yeah. there are some ways where you can design something that is inducible. And so you have added uh, something to the front of this gene you're adding in where you can turn it on or turn it off by adding something else. So you know what? I hadn't given them enough credit. Perhaps they have added an inducible change. Mm -hmm. And so now, you know, oh gosh. So in their vector, they would also have had to put in some drug that would turn on these changes. And perhaps this R19 is like an antidote to that drug Damn. right so okay. like 
So uh, you know what, I, I'm going to give them more credit than I did originally. Perhaps it's got an inducible promoter and they can turn it on or off. Love that. Love it. A decrisper baked in. Decrisper. Yeah. So they made the thing that they're changing is like basically his personality, his temperament, but he's still big. He's still real big. Oh yeah. They don't, they don't change anything else. Powerful. No, they, they specifically turn off the aggression, which also like, man, the biology of personality and psychology is not something that we understand well enough to make those changes. I have so many questions about that. It's like, I mean, personality, that's your brain, that's environmental, but it's also like trauma passed down through genes, right? So like, can you go in there and like, can you do that? You know, it would be an exceptional amount of scientific hubris to say that we have any idea how to make those changes. Because for exactly the reasons you just said, like personality and like uh, what you do is so complicated. Mm -hmm. There are many cases in which there may be genetic contributions to that, but like almost all of our traits, it is genetics and environment and lived experience. And so the idea that you could say that like, oh, we can just switch on and off an aggression gene, like no. No, that's not that's not a thing. Yeah. I like your Xanax theory that they just were like, there you go. Chill out. Yeah. Just, just put it in the lady. Feed the lady the gorilla. Call it a day. <laughs> yep. Um, well, wow. we are out of time, but um, this has been so incredibly fun. I could talk to you both forever. And I really thank you for watching this movie and discussing it with me. Where can people find you? What's going on? Cecily, I know you have your podcast going. So yesterday, is that is that? Yes. So yesterday, we're doing it. We're doing it on Squadcast. Mm. It's been great. We'd actually love to have you as a guest, Ethan. Anytime. Um, basically, it's a podcast. We talk about things we used to like, like you get to watch TV, watch a movie, and then we see if it holds up or not. Um, do you do? And most of the time, it does not. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, so please, everyone, subscribe to So Yesterday. Uh, I'm yeah. sure you like movies already. Plus, maybe we can do like an acoustic cover of the song if you're down with that. Oh my god, I would absolutely love that. We, yeah, our theme song would. It's begging for an acoustic cover. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you want to follow me, just follow me at Cecily Bro. It's B R E A U X, not like what up, bro. It's just like you know French, and I'm from New Orleans, so there you go. Beautiful, Alex. What's going yes. on? Your YouTube channel. People should subscribe to. I presume. Yeah, so I make uh, science videos all across the internet, uh, but my YouTube channel is probably the best place to find me. uh, And I'm on every social media as Alex Danis, D-A-I-N-I-S. So YouTube, Twitter, TikTok now, like anywhere you want to find me, I am there at my name. Awesome. Well, please. Alex, I can't wait for you to teach me TikTok. (laughs) Oh, it is. It is a whole different world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pumped. Well, thank you both so much. Um, I hope they make a rampage too so that we can discuss it. That would be really fun. And uh, and yeah, I, I really just appreciate you guys coming on. Hey, thanks for having yes. us. It's a great time. And The Rock, you know, going to think about him for a bit. That's all. Yeah. And The Rock, if you're listening to this, ignore the mean stuff we said about the movie. We love the movie. We love you. Yeah. We love you, The Rock. Bad Science is a Seeker podcast produced by Emily Feld and me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger, and our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. And the crispy executive producer is Brett Kushner. Oh, follow us on Instagram at BadSciencePod. If there's a movie you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email at BadScienceAtSeeker.com. That's BadScienceAtSeeker.com. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver. But it does help. It makes sure people know about the podcast, which we really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Bye.